Thank you for tuning in to The Balancing Fact. I'm Angela Calais, and I've been working as a full-time realtor for the past 16 years. With three kids running a real estate brokerage, I work to dispel the myth that you cannot have a work-life balance when working in real estate. That balance looks different for everybody. Today, my guest is Kara Amir. Kara brings a unique perspective to real estate as a bi-coastal agent and is licensed to practice in California and Florida with Coldwell Banker. After building a highly successful real estate career in Northeast Florida, Kara has expanded her business to Southern California and is based in coastal Orange County. She is an award-winning realtor, real estate media commentator, author, columnist, industry thought leader, and speaker. Kara provides media commentary to a variety of local and national news outlets in print and on camera and is always at the ready to share her insight on a wide range of topics from insider advice how to get the best deal when buying and selling, as well as the latest trends in residential real estate. As a result of Kara's thought leadership and fresh perspective, she is a recurring columnist for Inman News and has been a guest contributor for Coldwell Banker's national blog, Blue Matter. Kara also provides perspective for Realtor.com on celebrity real estate, buying and selling trends, and general advice. You can also find her sharing her insights on Realtor.com's video series, House Rules. She has authored her first book, Real Estate Confidential, and also speaks on topics for the Residential Council of Real Estate Specialists. Kara's unique perspective allows a lot of insight on balancing a career in real estate. Good morning, Kara. How are you? I'm doing great, Angela. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. So I first was... Um, I, introduced unilaterally to you through um, your presence at Inman. Um, and I was really um, intrigued by the things that you had to say and thought that that would be really beneficial to anybody who might be listening to the podcast that I'm doing. So I'm really, really um, grateful that you're willing to take the time and share your insight with, um, with my listeners. Well, I'm excited to be here and look forward to our conversation. Yeah, me too. So tell me, uh, tell us first, um, you are a bi-coastal agent. So what areas do you serve? So I cover Northeast Florida, which is outside of Jacksonville, um, all the way down to St. Augustine and in California, based in Orange County. Okay. Tell me how that happened. How did that become? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not like you just sort of decide you're going to, you know, end up in California. Well, I have family and friends in Southern California, and we've been coming out to the area for a long time, spending a lot of family vacations. And with my husband's business, there was just more out here for him as well. So it kind of got us thinking because we would come out here between Christmas um, and the New Year's and the holidays every year, and we started getting the bug long before we ever did this um, about what would it be like to move here. And so, um, you know, kind of started watching real estate and we bought a property that was going to be our investment property, second home, if you will. Um, and I'm glad we did that because that was before everything got crazy with the pandemic. Okay. And yeah. I got my license, although I wasn't, you know, going to be practicing right away. I knew it was going to take some time to get a license, especially when you're working in real estate full-time in another market. Mm -hmm. And the California license uh, is not, you know, one one class, one and done in two weeks. It's like six books this thick. Okay. Um, so I got my license ahead of time. And then we plotted out, we were going back and forth a lot and then plotted out our relocation 
Uh, and it took some time because you're going 3000 miles away. It just doesn't happen overnight. Um, so how long were you working your business in Florida? Uh, I've been in that market now 20 years and I'm still practicing there. And I have a team, a small team, um, of two other agents that help me there, but I'm very involved in everything, you know, day to day. So I have not shut that off at all. I mean, in fact, I think that kind of helps propel my business actually out in California because there's actually a lot of synergy I've found between people going between the two states. Um, They like great weather. They like sunshine. Yes, there's some tax differences, but there's a lot of people (laughs) that kind of have a foothold in both um, because it's very hot and humid in Florida in the summer. And it's probably not somewhere you want to be if you don't have to be. Mm -hmm. So they they come out to California. Interesting. So do you find yourself traveling back and forth frequently or are you working a lot remote in Florida? I do go back and forth. It hasn't been, you know, on planes every month, certainly because of this pandemic. Sure. Over the last couple of years, I mean, my thought was I was going to be doing that. But then obviously the pandemic transformed a lot of the way in which we do business. Mm-hmm. And so that actually was a good thing um, with my move, because certainly we can be virtual. And we're able, and with the market as it is, there's no more coming in town to see a home because it's gone. There's, even if you're a local, you you may not even be able to get into it. So um, I think that really set me up well for this transition that I made. Yeah. Do you think it um, is uh, uh, beneficial to you that they are, I, I, I know that area in Florida, definitely you have a second home market. And similarly, I would guess in California. So do you, is that kind of primarily who you're working with are buyers who are not local and there to see the properties or is it kind of a mix? It's definitely a mix. Uh, Northeast Florida is really a more year round um, place, believe it or not. It's become that certainly with the pandemic because of a lot of elective moves. Uh, And there is an element of second homeowners uh, that do, you know, go back and forth. Uh, to either the Northeast or, you know, the Midwest, largely speaking. In Southern California, you really have a variety of everything. Second homes, third home owners, uh, and and certainly plenty of local buyers, um, you know, that are moving within the area as well. Okay. So when you, when you made your move to California and started working on building your business there, when was that? That was right before that was uh, was going back and forth a lot in, in eight, 2018 and 2019. Okay. Uh, late 2020 is when I got out to California full time. And that was right in the middle of the pandemic. And, and you know, different states have different uh, handled it differently. But it was, you know, there were not open houses that could be going on when I got out here. Sure. There was not a lot. There were, you know, there, there were no networking events or anything to really engage with people face to face at that time. That I so what did that look like? Like, what did you do? How did you <laughs> get that business started? Yeah, well, I uh, spent, I used that time to establish my brand, get all of my, you know, farming and, and that kind of strategy up and running. Uh, I put together a list of people that own property in both California and Florida. And then I drilled down further into who owns property in my market in California and my market in Florida. And there was actually, how did you come to find that information? It's all in the tax records of your MLS. So if you know how to search that right by searching out of area owners and you put in the state, 
uh, or you want to drill down further to, you know, sure. city or zip code, you can do that. So I, you know, cause I'm also sort of branding as coast to coast. Um, mm -hmm. so I put those lists together because I think that's a unique farm, yeah. um, to work, uh, because it starts the conversation in both markets and it, you know, even if it's not an area of Florida, they own property in Florida, but it's not an area I'm based in, then I can refer them. Yeah. Yeah. So you, how much, how much business are you doing that are referrals? Most of my business does come from, you know, personal referral, um, yeah. you know, word of mouth. Of course, when you're in a new market, that's a little different because you're trying to get your name out there like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the farming things in, in terms of doing farming activities like these, you know, types of mailings or newsletters or whatever to, to get your, your word out there. Of course, building your social media presence in a new market is hugely important as well. Yeah. Yeah. So starting out in a new market and having limited opportunities for face-to-face -face networking and things like that, um, you focused, it sounds like um, when you say farming, you were doing like uh, mailings? Mailings um, and building social media presence, creating videos. I mean, I had to set up, you know, a whole host of social media uh, accounts, you know, or, or sites it pointed to my branding out here, which is called Live Orange County. So, mm -hmm. you know, set up the Facebook business page. I have an in Instagram page for that. And, you know, just continuing to create content. I mean, obviously very blessed by beautiful scenery out here. So mm -hmm. it's not hard to do that, um, yeah. you know, and talk about the areas and just trying to, you know, come up, build your brand and build being that expert. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask too, is in like the types of videos that you're doing. So you're doing like locational um, videos, like informational. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, I, and some of the easiest things to do is to take your phone. You know, if I'm going to tour a property on broker open day, for example, or I'm in a neighborhood, well, this is a great way, you know, think of it ahead of time to create some content. So flip on the phone, put it on your dashboard, you know, phone holder, uh, put the phone in airplane mode, hit record and, you know, drive through the neighborhood and start talking about it. You know, maybe do a little study ahead of time, but that's what I've, you know, been doing or I'll plot it out where I'll go and, you know, do that, you know, maybe one or two days and, you know, try to give people a flavor of what maybe this little beach town looks like or driving through a certain, you know, area and, and, and give some context. Yeah. Did you find that you had any pushback in regards to not having been doing business in California for a long time? Or are you fully owning it? You said you were kind of branding as by coastal. So um, what type of pushback did you get on that? I haven't had any. I mean, I, I totally own it. Uh, you know, I have a Florida area code and it's actually been a conversation starter. I mean, you know, some agents, you know, there's a lot of agents out in, you know, Orange County as well. And, you know, who's this person from Florida? But it's actually been a great uh, icebreaker because people ask, oh, where is that? They're not familiar with my area code. It's 949 in Orange County. It's 904 where I, you know, came from in Florida. And I think it, it's easier to remember, like if I call or, you know, they're returning a text and then yeah. it gets, oh, you know, oh, you did real estate in Florida. Oh, and then inevitably someone wants to talk about real estate in Florida with me. I've had agents say, Oh, you know, I'm thinking about doing that, or I'd like to get my license or I have a friend that lives here. So it's actually been a great, 
Uh, I think it's been a great tool. It's not something I've wanted to hide behind. I do have another uh, cell number local to Orange County. And I have both numbers that come into my phone. Okay. So that's great for some lead generation where you're maybe dealing with you know, people that don't know you at all and yeah. might be like, who's this, you know, what's this 904? Or, you know, if you're doing, trying to incubate new clients that, you know, you don't, that you don't know, maybe, you know, yeah. you from it's a lead interesting generation you mentioned that because I was just onboarding a new agent this week and he has an out of area number. And I said, have you thought about changing this over? Because my concern would be people would see your area code and think, well, he doesn't know my area so he's not and just immediately dismiss him for that so did you did you do that um like through a specific service like i i think like google voice or something yes. like that you can do that you can do that but uh through my cell provider which is at&t i mean you can get what's called a dual sim phone iPhones yeah. are already dual SIM compatible. I learned way more about this than you yeah. wanted to But I, no I went idea. through it because I don't have an iPhone actually. To have, I'm on the Samsung Galaxy track. Yeah. That, I've always had those. So that was a little more difficult because not all of their phones were dual SIM. Okay. Um, and I kind of went through some back and forth with AT&T because no one seemed to know the answer. But uh, once you get that set up, it's an actual SIM in your phone. And then there's a digital SIM that would have to be downloaded. Um, okay. But it's two numbers coming into one phone line. And honestly, I feel like our world is so global today. You know, even in my market in Northeast Florida, there's tons of agents that have area codes from anywhere but 904. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't really, you know, I return their calls or texts just as well. And I recognize, you know, look, people, you know, people are on the move. And uh, so where they started out is just, you know, their phone number that's going to carry with them through life. But I wasn't going to change my number because too many people well, yeah. know me at that. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. And you're still doing uh, the majority, would you say the majority of your business is still in Florida? Yes. Okay. Yep. Is that purposeful or is that a transition or? No, it's, it's, I want to keep it going. I mean, I yeah. think, um, you know, I've built all these relationships with people and I've you know been in it now 20 years and it's repeat and referral largely yeah. speaking. And it, to me, to walk away from that and just refer it all off to other people would be horrible. And yeah. plus, I think, you know, it, I think having being licensed in two states gives you a broader, more national perspective. Yeah. And I have my pulse on two markets. And that, I think, makes me able to better articulate a bigger picture yeah. uh, as to what's going on. So I'm definitely, you know, seeing some a lot of similarities between both of the markets I'm in. And I feel like the Florida market, which used to be quote, more affordable. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just shot up like a rocket in so many ways. I feel like it's becoming quickly like Southern California with a lot of the, the values and, and the challenges that are going on there. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you've built a successful business over 20 years in Florida. Tell me about how that looked for you. You mentioned you have a small team now. Um, how how did you keep that business growing over 20 years? What type of lead generation or follow up or is there anything that you can think of that was that, you know, this is what took me from this level to this level? Or can when, when I got into the business, it was I passed my licensing test in late 2001, you know, got up and running in early 2002. And that was when the Internet was not where it is today. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, there wasn't Redfin. There wasn't Zillow like it is today. Consumers 
still didn't have all the information in their hands. So it was old school. It was doing floor time. It was doing open houses. And I should add, I'm not natively from Northeast Florida. We moved there for my husband's job. So okay. I did not know anybody. I was not from the South. So you've had to start from scratch twice. I, yes, I started from scratch. Wow. I had no connections to the business. And so I, you know, built it one transaction at a time, the old fashioned way, you know, went out and knocked doors, did floor time, did open houses, you know, started getting some referrals, you know, got involved in a lot of local um, organizations like my college alumni group, my sorority alumni group, and some bigger um, offshoots of that. And, you know, it, it's not like, oh, you just start out doing, you know, 50 sales in your first year. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I worked everything and I was willing to go everywhere. And Jacksonville is very spread out. So I was, you know, I went to all different sides of it, but that's how you learn your market. You can't just stay in one little zip code. You yeah, got to roll up your sure. sleeves. I did, I did the mobile home. I did the, you know, the house that had, you know, every problem imaginable on the home inspection. I mean, that was a good training ground. <laughs> like yeah. that second transaction in the business, it had, structural problems the the well had low water pressure the the roof was shot i mean yeah. it just was the transaction the that kept, yeah giving and giving and giving i'm sure there was a septic tank issue too that i'm i can't i can't think about <laughs> but i think just you know for me i think i built my business on knowledge and reputation and skill and so being extremely responsive um, yeah. being a resource for people I think at the end of the day, I mean, all this fluffy marketing is great and I don't discount that it doesn't have its merit, but if the marketing doesn't match the agent at the end of the day, somebody hits, you know, clicks because they liked your ad and you don't match up to what they were expecting, then that's all waste. Right. Yeah. Um, what type of um, touches do you use right now to keep in touch with your sphere or past clients or even prospects? Do a lot of digital marketing. Yeah. Um, I send multiple things out, market updates, um, local event happenings. Um, and of course, you know, the, the, the normal holiday touches um, mm -hmm. and, you know, personal reach outs are just, I think, hugely important right now. Um, yeah. I think we're, you know, it's all about getting back to getting back in touch with people, obviously, because of the pandemic really haven't been able to see a lot of people over the last couple of years the way you would have in the past. So just trying to re-engage with those people, or even if it's just a quick text to say, oh, I was thinking about you, you know, or try to find something like, oh, I saw this house in your your neighborhood, you know, come on the market at this. This is, you know. Yeah. They, everybody like, loves talking about the neighborhood uh, houses for sale. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I just think people are like yearning and for that personal connection and just looking to create more of like a normal connection with people. And you can't overstate just what it's the difference between hearing somebody's voice on the phone as right. opposed to, you know, an email or something like that. Well, we all get so many of them, as you know, mm -hmm. and we just hit delete and half of them, you don't even know if you spend, send too many of these marketing emails, they probably are ending up in the junk spam folder. Right. So they're not even seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you, um, I, you mentioned something about the, uh, the consumer gratification need now is so much different than, especially from when you started. And I started a little bit after you, so I've been doing it about 16 years, but very similar. The, 
need to be on all the time, I think is the term you use, which I'm like, yes, that <laughs> is exactly what it is. And um, the expectation for immediate information, immediate response, and it's not to be discounted because be the um, just because of the inventory and the demand, there is a need for sure for like that instant showing those types of things. But as far as um, the professional expectation and the gratification is so different than um, than when we started. So We're do you just have anything that you do to try to um, address that consumer need? I mean, yeah, we're just, um, you know, I think with social media, it's it's become more of that, uh, you know, instant gratification. I, you know, I just try to respond. I really try to respond to, you know, people when they reach out, even if I don't have time, like just before we got on our podcast, I got a call from, you know, a, a, a past client of mine who has just informed me that they're going to be relocating. Mm. And so I've got to, you know, I, so I told them, Hey, I'm about to be a guest on someone's podcast, but I will call you right after that. So at least just to acknowledge yeah, uh, that their reach out, like even if, okay, I'm in, you know, I will just want to let you know, I did get your message. I will, you know, look into this and I will get back yes. to you rather than just, I think people expect to hear something because it, to me, I get that anxiety feeling. Like if I don't get back to somebody. Yeah. Like just the acknowledgement. Like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't so want them to think you don't care or, you know, they'll just call somebody else. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you never know, but people get impatient and antsy and. Yeah. Are there any certain times where you say, you know what, today or during these hours or something, I'm not going to be answering my phone or I'm not going to be checking my email or anything to try to um, just take some non-business time. I wish I could say that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm admittedly always on. I mean, I traveled to Australia. Here's an example. Three different times because my husband's job had he got to go there for he really moves around a lot yeah well he wasn't yeah he wasn't moving but it was it was a work-related thing yeah and um i you know i put an international plan on my phone i had things going on i had transactions i mean i had people you know back in florida helping me but i was dealing with a really difficult repair negotiation and i was so frustrated because the agents on the other side were not even reachable and they were going into thanksgiving in the yeah. u.s and i'm like I'm like trying to do this and how are these people sort of checked out? So I don't do well. Yeah. With, um, I'm not going to respond to my, you know, phone between these hours today. I, the, the email is definitely challenging. I, you know, turn off the notifications coming into my laptop because then you'll get nothing done, but you really, yeah. you keep looking at your email, you will get nothing done. Right. So you really have to, you know, sort of block it. Um, if you're trying to work on something that's, you, you need to be free of distractions from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you, now you mentioned you do a lot of digital marketing. Do you set a time aside every week to plan for your digital marketing? Um, or do you kind of do it as it comes? Like you said, if you're in an area and you're doing a video, do you just blast it right away? Or are you stockpiling? Do you have, what's your system when it comes to that? It's, it's a hybrid. Uh, I, you know, some of my things are already set up to go out automatically at certain intervals, like the market updates, mm -hmm. because they're created for me. 
So I don't have to think about that. That stuff just runs. Like there, I, there's a digital magazine. We have market update, local events. So that just is set up and it goes. Is but that somebody in-house or do you have like a third party who does that for you? Uh, my in-house marketing um, okay. at uh, my uh, company in Florida does that. Okay. But the one in California, and I'm with Coldwell Banker, but the one in California, I have we have a lot of things. Yes, I have things that are set it and forget it. I mean, we know the piece that's going out. I can approve it if, or to say, no, I don't want to send it out. So at least there's something going out. But then um, the other things, I do have content that ends up being stockpiled because I do a lot of you know, writing for Inman. I always have, you know, usually a column that I want to share or post um, doing media commentary, which I get regular requests quite often. So I'm, you know, always having, it seems like at any given time, there's two or three things that I need to share on social media, but I'll kind of space it out. Mm. Um, you know, so as not to like overrun. And then certainly the hyper-local content, like, okay, you know, I, I'm in this neighborhood, you know, so I create that and then release it as I can, or, you know, when's appropriate, just so that I have always have something that's, you know, ready to share. Yeah. Are you primarily Facebook and Instagram or are you, what, um, um, platforms are you using? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn as well. Okay. Do you use a service that's close to bit. all of them or um, do you pick I, and choose? I pick and choose. I do okay. not use one of those. Um, although I do tend to share most of the content across all platforms. I mean, certain things I do, I, well, like neighborhood videos, I'm not sharing to LinkedIn you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm more hands-on with that. Okay. Yeah. So, so kind of a mix of, of what you're kind of feeling at that time. Um, how, how do you, I mean, you're obviously very professional. You're running two real estate businesses. Um, you are performing at a high level in your business. So what types of um, things do you have in place to keep yourself at the top of your game? Do you have any routines that you follow? Do you have anything that's really important that you always make sure that you take care of so that the rest of your day um, goes as smoothly as possible? Well, fitness is a big one for me. Okay. So I really, you know, feel that, you know, working out or just having some sort of exercise to me is really important. And if I don't do exercise that I feel like, ah, uh, you know, I don't feel as good about myself as when I do it. Yeah. So that's really important, whether it's, you know, doing a workout, going to the gym or, you know, just doing, you know, a walk. I mean, we're very blessed out here because we have these beautiful trails that go by the beach. So um, that's probably first and foremost, one of the most um, important things and eating healthy. Yeah. Um, just kind of a commitment to fitness and wellness, because I feel like if you don't take care of yourself in those aspects, then you can't perform at a high level. So really. let's talk a minute about the clean eating, because I've, <laughs> I've always kind of had this. Um, I've mentioned it to a couple people and it's it's not the the nicest thing to say, but I'm guilty of it myself. I happen to notice that people who get licensed and start in real estate probably gain about 20 pounds their first year in real estate. I imagine part of that is stress, but I know for me, it was, I had no idea how to manage my time in a way that allowed for me to eat healthy. So it was a lot of on the go, going through the drive-through, 
eating what was available, what was fast. Um, how do you manage to continue to eat well with this high on demand on all the time lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, and I, I absolutely noticed that when I first got into the business because I was conscious of, wow, you know, I see a lot, a lot of these agents, I hate to say it, but it was sort of like the uh, stereotype of the agent with the like big gulp, you know, yeah. um, the huge uh, soda, you know, that they got from wherever the fast food um, place. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be that person. Well, I feel like it's like the freshman 15, like yes. when you go to college. It was, yes. Yeah, very similar. I mean, I was, you know, I, I'm just very disciplined because yeah, that type of food is all around you and all the different, you know, luncheons and broker events, right? They love yeah. to, you know, put out, I mean, nothing is ever good food because agents right. aren't going to come if it's kale salad. Well, right. maybe they would out here in Orange County. Well, that's, and that's one of the things like you want to go to the networking event, you want to go to this mixer, you want to go to this and this, and it's just, and it's everything that you shouldn't be having to yes. have like a healthy, yes. non-stress lifestyle. But, you know, so I, I just see of bringing my own salad to lunches. Oh. <laughs> I would put, yeah, I mean, I would, you know, and being in Florida where it was very hot and humid all the time, I always had water on me, Yeah, you know, or put, if I was out showing property, I, you know, certainly for the clients, water in a little cooler, um, you know, in the back of the car and, you know, mm. maybe some, and when I say, you know, I know granola bars, <laughs> there's different kinds, some have more sugar, some have more, but, you know, maybe a healthier protein bar or something yeah. just because just to keep your energy. So you're not feeling faint. Certainly, mm -hmm. you know, and I just had a couple of those on me because also, especially with clients, um, you know, if you're showing property 95 degree heat, it's the middle of the summer and they're not, you know, some of these people are just not used to that. Or you go into new construction and you're on a job site and you go up the stairs. And I remember a few times we were like, okay, we're feeling a little faint. Like we need to go back downstairs. Yeah, for sure. so, so I think, uh, you know, having the discipline and then for me, um, smoothies mm -hmm. are a great way to get all of your nutrients and it's very filling and it really keeps you throughout the day. So I, I really transformed the way uh, I have eaten over the last couple of years, um, you know, doing like a kale berry smoothie, very easy to make, you know, with a little bit of protein powder and you know, you're getting good stuff because you're getting the vitamin K with kale. You're getting all the things that the berries have because to try to eat all this separately, it's, yeah, you, yeah. you could do it. So I think smoothies are a great way to load up on good nutrients and vitamins on, you know, on the go, certainly, you know, taking your vitamins, avoiding soda. Um, you know, I don't drink, you know, diet Coke. I, I used to, but I drink unsweetened iced tea now. So. Yeah. And smoothies are great because you can make it in a hurry and, and grab it as you go out the door and then you just have it in the car or whatever it is like that. Do you yeah. ever meal plan and have, you know, um, like for dinners, for example, like, plan no. it out, you know what you're going to have, or I know California probably has a lot more like healthy food options too than some other They places. do. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. well, and I'm, I'm, you know, my husband is more the cook. I will tell you that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because his schedule was more predictable than mine. So yeah, you know, that was a little easy, but yeah, you know, I have tended to be, even if I was looking for something quick, okay, what can I do with a salad? Yeah. You can always, you know, quickly put a healthy salad together without a lot of, you know, work. So, yeah. um, 
no, I, you know, admittedly, no, I don't sit there and, you know, plan um, for the week. Although it, you know, it would be helpful to do, especially like in the winter time, because you can make some really healthy soups. Oh yeah. You know, that can stick, carry with you. That's another great meal on the go that you can have this thing prepared and have it for a few days of the week. Yeah. Um, so when you're, when your day is starting and, um, oh, where was, where was I going? Cause I had, I had this, this thought in my head of your, your exercising in the morning and then you're making your smoothie. Is that typically how it goes? Or do you kind of take the day as it comes? Or do you have a plan? Like, you know, when you go to bed at night, the next day, this is what it's going to be like, or how are you balancing your time? Yeah. I mean, I, it, obviously, if I have a lot going on, then I have to get up and I have my list of you know everything I have to do. And if I can work, do a workout in the morning, I will. Other times, if it's just going to be too busy, mm-hmm. uh, I do that later in the day. And see, yeah. for me, being on the West Coast, you know, obviously the mornings can be very busy with East Coast work. But by about oh. two or three o'clock in the West Coast, it kind of slows down. So for me to go, you know, to do a walk or a workout at four or five o'clock my time Pacific time, it's, you know, actually a lot easier because there's less distractions, you know, in the yeah. morning, it's a lot of texts and, you know, emails. Yeah, I didn't think of things. that. So you're probably what, three or four hour difference. Three hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's a whole other challenge that it can be. I yeah. mean, it, you know, in real estate, most things don't really get going before 10. But what I'll do is I, if I have to communicate things, I will uh, just have, send texts with a scheduled time the night mm. before. So I'm not sending somebody a text. You know, I'm very aware of I don't want to be it might be nine o'clock my time, but it's been night there. Is that so a I'll Samsung just, feature? Like, how do you uh, schedule your texts? Yeah. So I. I don't know if it's a Samsung specific, I'm looking on my phone, but you just type the text and then there's like a schedule and then I can hit, you know, when I want it to go day and time. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I know I can't do that on my iPhone. Oh, you can't? there's a separate like messaging app that I'd have to download. Oh, But wow. iPhone doesn't like you using other people's apps. <laughs> so yeah. are, but that's awesome. Unless there's something out there I'm not aware of, but that's, that's really cool. You know how, like even with emails, you can schedule an email. Oh yeah. Um, that I do all the time. I don't yeah. want people to know if I'm checking my email at 11 PM. Cause then they'll right. think they can call me at 11 PM. Right. So I'll schedule it till I go out the next morning or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lifesaver. That and snoozing an email. Yeah. I like using that a lot too. Oh, do you? Yeah. And, and so then you just check your, do you check your email in chunks? Kind of yeah. So I don't like to have, um, I like to have an empty inbox. So for example, if I reply to somebody's email and I want to remember that I'm waiting for a response in case they don't get back to me, I can reply and then I can snooze the email, like let's say till tomorrow so that it's out of my inbox, but I'll remember tomorrow when it pops back up again, if I heard back from them or not. Oh, Yeah. Well, you, yeah, we could probably, I might have to talk to you offline about how to have an empty inbox because yeah. that is a challenge. I mean, I have so many folders for, yeah. you know, buyers and all the properties, but just moving all this stuff off and then, you know, saving, like we all get bombarded with a lot of content that we want to read at some point. 
So, you know, shuffling that out, but then how are you going to remember to go back and look at it? Well, and that, those gotten... are sometimes things that I snooze too. So like association emails or in yes. emails, articles yes. I want to read, but I don't have time for right then. I might snooze those to Saturday morning where I might have a little bit of downtime or, you know, I'm sitting at my kid's practice or something yes. and I can kind of um, read through them then, but then they're out of my inbox and I don't have to remember to go back and look for them later. They'll just pop up when I think I'm going to have time. And if I don't have time when it pops up, I'll just snooze it till the next day and then see if I have time that day. But then I don't forget about them. Right. Yeah. Um, so one other thing that I wanted to to mention to you. So you do writing for Inman pretty regularly. How I know I talk to a lot of realtors who say, I want to provide value. I want to be a resource of information for my clients and, and for my neighborhood. Um, but where, where do I start? How do I come up with what I'm going to talk about? What type of content am I providing? What, how do you decide what you're going to write about? It's challenging, right? I mean, um, for me, my inspiration has always come from being in the trenches and real world things that I've experienced or I'm seeing uh, current trends uh, that I think need to be given point of view. Mm. So I think that's where an agent, you know, should start from a place of something that's going to make them comfortable to talk about, because if you're comfortable talking about it, it's going to be very easy to write about it. And I think there's so many things. I mean, you know, it's not just right now, it's not just about, oh, the market's great and, you know, the seller can make so much money on their house. Everybody knows that. I mean, yeah. I kind of laugh at these mailings I get to my house by these agents that spend all this money on these postcards about it's a seller's market. And I'm yeah, thinking, duh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so where are they supposed to go? Do you, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have any, um, do you want to tell them? I mean, do you, is there any insight here about what does this mean? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I, great. Maybe I want to cash out of my house, but what, what do I do with it? Or, yeah. you know, and the, no strategies, no insight or advice. So I think, you know, there's so much that we can speak to and really through writing and podcasts like this and other, you know, content creation um, vehicles like a vlog, uh, you know, to show our insight and our expertise, because I think, you know, consumers want to be educated, empowered, informed, enlightened, and entertained. Yeah. Uh, and if we can share a point of view that makes them feel, uh, you know, more confident about their decisions, but also wanting to engage with us or whoever the author is to help them do that. Yeah. Do you ever get concerned about any uh, feedback you might get from people who have a different point of view than you or see things differently? Are you ever afraid of putting yourself out there. And I think that's what draws people back to sometimes it's like, Oh, what if, what if somebody doesn't agree with me? What if somebody has something else um, to say? Sure. And I think, you know, I've tried to take a very diplomatic line in, in things that I have written, um, you know, so as not to be, offend anybody or feel that I'm, you know, alien alienating, you know, someone over the other. I mean, I, I'm a straight shooter in how I paint things in my writing. Um, and a lot of it is, I think, for me, you know, touching on things I think that might need to be clarified or could be better done in our business, you know, yeah. depending on different aspects of it. Um, so, you know, of course, 
like everything else, you can't make everybody happy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. always going to be somebody that's going to disagree with you. You know, sometimes I've had, you know, agent comments that have, you know, there's a lot of these armchair commenters that like to write, write back on inman articles, but then I kind of want to say, well, you know what? They're always write like, your new, own article, new contributors. You know what? Yeah. So it's like, do you want to be the you know solution or the problem? I mean, they're always looking for new voices. So share it, write it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Kara, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking your time today. I was really looking forward to talking to you and I'm glad that we did. You have so much information to share. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Angela. It's been great talking with you as well. Thank you so much. And best of luck in your business this year on both coasts. And uh, hopefully we'll connect sometime in the future. Sounds great. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. If you have found value in these episodes, please be sure to share and subscribe. I have so much more in store with guests that I can't wait to learn from.